Welcome to Modern Motherhood, where you're required to be everything to everyone all the time. We wouldn't have it any other way, but let's be honest, it's hard work. So let's talk about it, all of it, in the raw with no filter. Come and be a fly on the wall as you listen in on a chat between friends, as each week welcomes a new guest and a new topic to delve deeper around the ins and outs of not only motherhood, but life in general. The ups, the downs, the struggles, the highlights, the reality. Because the reality is, you're not alone. We're all in this together. You're listening to Mummy Republic. Welcome to the whirlwind. Hello, lovely, and welcome back to another episode of the Mummy Republic podcast. I'm your host, Danny, and boy, have I got a conversation for you today. You are going to love this one. But before I get started, you know the drill. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you click on that subscribe button so that you don't miss a thing. And if you haven't done so, make sure that you go ahead and leave me a rating and a review so you can let other listeners know what they're in for. I'd be forever grateful. Also, if you're on Instagram, jump on over to at Mummy Republic Podcast so that you can follow along all the fun with the guests and all things motherhood. Now, today's conversation, it is a banger. The only trigger warning I'm going to put on this one is that it is full of explicit language. There's lots of F words, there's C-bombs, all with good intention, but if you are offended by swearing, I would encourage you not to listen to this one. For the rest of you, make sure that you sit down, get yourself a cuppa or even a wine and have a listen to some solid girl advice. Now, I do encourage you to listen to the whole episode because the advice and the suggestions just get better as it goes along. So without any more hype, let's get started. Today's guest is someone who tells it like it is. She's raw, she's real, she's passionate, she's a little bit woo-woo. Welcome to the fabulous Mickey Fisher. How are you? Really great. It feels so strange being on like this the side, other side of yeah. the of the in, like the interviewee as opposed <laughs> to being the interviewer. Like I feel like I'm just going to just try and naturally go I'll be like but how are you <laughs> like tell me about yourself I'll be like, no 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 girlfriend not today and it's funny because you and I did a podcast in a previous life together yes, when you yeah. were, were doing your old podcast and I was pregnant so we couldn't drink and we joked about having champagne and now oh, today yes. we're having champagne <gasps> at 10 a.m tables have turned I know. I know yeah well I'm so glad that we've got to do it yeah, it was so much easier interviewing you than it is. Like all of a sudden, in like we even like sat down and started getting ready. And in my head, I'm like, okay, ready to like do the podcast. And then I'm like, fuck, like I'm answering questions. Oh yeah, <laughs> how the turntables have how turned. The turntables have turned. <laughs> the DJ tables. <laughs> the only tables I'm interested in. Now, it's funny because you are not one to shy away from tough conversations. Anyone who follows you on Instagram would know that. Um, And in fact, you've created a space that encourages them, which we will get into a little later down the track. We'll talk about it in more detail. But I want to talk about you being on the other side of the microphone. You're a mother of two. You've had 
quite an evolution. And I would probably even say as a bit of a wanky term, maybe uh-huh. a bit of matrescence, particularly after your oh. second child. Oh, excuse me, that word. I know. Do oh I sound God, intelligent? I get so horny for words like that. <laughs> Take another sip of your wine <laughs> at 10 a.m. Yeah, um, I'm like, no, okay, whatever. But I feel like, you know, you've been very open about this evolution and trying to move away from that whole Catholic schoolgirl, good girl image. Mm-hmm. Tell me about where you're at, because emotionally, it's been a ride. Um, I mean, to be honest, I feel like I'm in a really beautiful, amazing place. And I think that just comes from, from self-awareness. I think once you are on that journey of self-awareness or like on that journey of personal development, although it has its moments where like, fuck's sake, no one sits there going like, I'm ready to be woke. I'm ready to be enlightened. And that it's just like fucking daisies and rosies, rosies, or I don't know, whatever, <laughs> fucking flowers. I'm not good at gardening, but like, it's just a bunch of fucking roses and shit. It's like, it's hard work. Mm. But the beautiful thing about it is that you have kind of this like, uh, bird's eye perspective on it all, like a really higher perspective on all of it. You're like, that hurt all of a sudden, like hurt, trauma, um, unpeeling like the onion that is you. It's really beautiful because mm. you know what the outcome looks like. Mm. You peel one layer off and you're like, at the time it hurts like a dick and you're like, a big dick, <laughs> like a dick that would hurt. Um, first time, hymen going, you know, that kind of situation. <laughs> And, but then you come out the other side and you're like, oh my God, I'm so glad I healed that. I'm so glad I got through that. So to answer your question. <laughs> in, in, in perspective to what I'm later. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm in a really beautiful, amazing place. And I think 2020, although it's been a cunt of a year, am I allowed to say that one? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Although it's been a cunt of a year, really, for a lot of people, I think uh, it has also provided so much growth mm. and it has like forced us to really realize and recognize um, our potential and also recognize how much change had to happen. So for me, as someone who's so addicted to like personal growth and everything, I'm just sitting there like rubbing my hands and I'm like, look at everyone <laughs> realizing what they've got to do. Like, yeah, you got to hit that rock bottom before you go up. Mm. So Yes. So anyway, I'm on the way up, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Like a rap song, you're on your way up. I think it's a really relevant point. And I think a lot of people, you know, prior to 2020 and just in general, when you become a mother, you change your perspective on things because it's not just about you. You've got someone else in front of you. You've got a child that you've got to care for. And the ironic thing is the way you parent, sometimes things come out or your child mm-hmm. might even trigger things that you go, oh, oh my God, shit, so much. How, am I, how am I doing that? Was it prior to kids or post kids that you started to go, actually, I need to deal with some shit? Um, I guess it's been both, both mm-hmm. because like I had quite an intense childhood. So I knew that I had shit that I had to deal with. And I've always been like, my personality is just... I'm addicted to personal growth. I am. Like, my favorite thing to study in life is myself, really. And, like, not in my, I'm like, I'm just obsessed with me. <laughs> Fuck everyone else. I'm the best. No, it's reflection. <laughs> reflection <laughs> yeah. is good. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm just, I feel like once I dropped into earth and I, like, came out in my mum's fucking womb and shit, I was just like, all right, I'm here to, like, discover shit. I'm here to, like, figure things out. I'm here not to have just some mediocre, boring life. Like, I'm not here to just be a vanilla motherfucker. I'm here to, like, BDSM the fuck out of this life 
And so that's always been my attitude. Like I don't just do things half ass. I'm like, I do them full ass all the time. And so, oh my, what was the fucking question again? <laughs> I don't know. I got lost in the ass chat. <laughs> the ass chat. Um, so, what was well, the question? It is. It's an evolution. Like pre-kids, I oh, think yes. you, you so, deal with stuff. And then when yes. you have children, it's like, it's next level. So before kids, yeah, I started on that journey and I was really exploring that. I guess a young 20 side of that evolution, essentially. And then I fell pregnant really unexpectedly. Like I was told there's no way that I could have children at all. And I even like, and I was with my beautiful, you know, partner Chris at the time, but we'd only been dating for like three seconds. But I mean, when you know, you know, you just put a baby in it, right? Um, But weirdly enough, I went and saw this like three months before I fell pregnant with my eldest daughter. I went and saw this healer and she was like, instantly when she saw me, she's like, there's a little girl that wants to come into your life, but you don't think that you can have her. And I was like, bitch, get out of my fucking head, mate. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And she was like, your uterus is just black. It's just black. And she's like, you've been told so much that you can't have children that in your head, you're like, I can't have kids. And like, I mean... There are so many times before making a child with Chris that I could have had 70 fucking kids. Like you go went through a slutty phase, you know. I, I believe it's actually called the ho phase. Ho just phase. quietly. I think that's what the kids are calling it <laughs> these days. So, so you go it's through. It's cool, a- right? Like it's, it's cool. It's actually <laughs> been named. We all need to go through a bit of a ho phase. It's yeah. fun. It's good for you. Whatever. It is. Like, it's healthy. So long as you come out unscathed and without too many STDs, like you've really, you've done it well. But so I fell pregnant with Maddie. Yeah. And like, yeah, three months later, she like healed my black womb or whatever. And I, (laughs) whatever was going on and I fell pregnant and I even went to the doctor and said to him, I was like, I think I'm pregnant. And I was planning on talking to him about freezing my eggs because just like, I only have one fallopian tube. So like I was going through twice, like going through half the amount of eggs at twice the speed. So I'm going to be hitting menopause at like soon. And, um, he, and I was like, is there any chance that I could be pregnant? Like, I think I am here are my symptoms. And he's, and he literally was like, I think you've got gallstones. And I was like, I mean, there's a slight difference between the two. So you think so? I mean, yeah. like in retrospect, I guess they are kind of like gallstones, like children. <laughs> but at the time I was like. A little bit like, cuter though, probably. Yeah, a little bit. Like my kids are definitely cuter than a gallstone, but. I was like, I think he's wrong. And I went and got a pregnancy test and yeah, no shit. I was pregnant, but he even so he didn't I, do a pregnancy. test. He was like, there's literally, there is no way that you could be pregnant. Like no way at all because of having one fallopian tube. Yeah. Well, I had an ectopic pregnancy when I was young to some cockhead and like I bled out and oh. like they had to remove my fallopian tube and the other one got really fucked up as well. So that was the issue because they were like, there's no way that anything would be able to make it up. It's like a fucking obstacle course. Mm. But thankfully, Chris has these like Olympic level sperm, like in his fucking junk yeah Yeah, i know they come out they've got their goggles on and shit they're like we're like we're shooting for gold like we do this we train every single day we can like we can they're they're like they train with like the military or some shit they're like fuck yeah bring it they've been eating their wheat bix they've been eating all of their wheat bix so they just make it through they're like go under the fucking whatever's going on all the scarring or whatever 
So, but yeah, to again answer your question that you asked 40 years ago, Maddie was my purpose before before having kids. And I remember having this moment like in my room with like years ago when I was living with a housemate and I was like, universe, God, God, I don't know who the fuck is out there. Whatever you have planned for me, I'm ready for it because I don't know. I'm taking my hands off the steering wheel and I'm just ready to like deal with whatever you have for me instead of trying to control it. And then a few weeks later, I found out I was pregnant and I was like, okay, weird. That was not what I was expecting. That was like when I, when I decided to take my hands off. (laughs) Yeah, I know. They're like, okay, bitch, you said it. (laughs) And then, yeah, Maddie was my purpose. That's like what, like children, children are mirrors as is, as is everyone in your life. They're constant mirrors. Everything that we see is just a good reflection of ourselves. But children are like the ultimate mirror. They mirror to you all of the shit that you have to fucking deal with in yourself because they're constantly asking you to step up. They didn't come into this world like wanting you to just stay and remain the way that you are. They're like, bitch, I need you to be better. So be better. And so my kids demanded that I was better. And so that's what I did. Oh, doesn't that hit hard? <laughs> they do though. They absolutely do. And I think mm. I even noticed with Peyton, like some of her attributes, I will see that in myself. And yes. go, oh, I want I want her to break away from that. And then I'm like, yes. well, shit, where's she getting it from? It's mm-hmm. me. It's me. How did Chris deal with finding out? I mean, you were open to the universe giving you whatever. But <laughs> yeah, he wasn't guy, there for that conversation. <laughs> you know, I don't know if he was open to it. Like, how did he deal he was so excited. He is just, Aww. he is like just born to be a dad. And he's so, he's so beautiful. We kind of like, I mean, we met on Tinder. We're just a classic love story. Yeah, did. I didn't even <laughs> choose him. Someone else did, but whatever. Um, we just had a few drinks one night and then just like, no, um, he, he loved it. He really, really loved it. And he was so excited. I remember like I was so nervous to tell him because we'd been dating for like seven months or something yeah. like that. And he was in Canada for like five of those months. Oh, wow. Yeah. So very efficient from so, you guys. Yeah. Like we wasted no time at all. <laughs> and I remember we were like listening to a Dean Geyer song and I was so nervous sitting there. And I started saying to him like... So I went to the doctor and he was like in his head, I could see him. He was like fucking sweating. And I'm like, mate, this is like, I'm so terrified right now. And then I like had this long winded story that ended up with me going and I'm pregnant. And his response was, oh, thank God. And I was like, what? And he, and he was like, I thought you were literally about to tell me that you were dying. And he's like, pregnancy is, oh, that's awesome. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's, so if anyone's like scared to tell someone something, that's the way to do it. Like make them think that you're dying first and then like really bring it back. Oh, solid advice. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So you said before children are like mirrors, which they absolutely are. Yeah. What did you see in your mirror? Oh God. So many things. Like, where do I even fucking begin? Maddie especially like my eldest daughter, well, my only daughter, but I mean, they're just whatever. (laughs) Um, she, she is personality wise me a lot. She's a performer. She's so confident. And I feel like they, I mean, they're mirrors because they, um, you learn so much as a parent, right? Constantly. Mm -hmm. And we're, and I think the thing with being a parent is that 
a lot of the mirroring and a lot of the healing that's done is rewriting your own one rewriting your own story of what it looks like to be a parent and what it looks to be a child but you're also healing a lot of your own childhood wounds Mm. because there's a lot of things like and it's not our parents fault because each generation we learn and we learn and we learn you know there's a lot of things that we're recognizing now when it comes to sort of like you know not pushing the children into certain things and not telling them like you know letting them express their emotions and and recognizing that it's you know back in the fucking 70s or whatever or I'm like not 70s I don't know when you were born I'm you're, really, you're younger than me and yeah I was 87 okay so I'm let's not say 70s I'm so young <laughs> I know <laughs> we have this conversation every time you're a spring chicken I know I am not I'm not even I'm like 29 in a few months but I keep telling everyone how young I am when you can say 20s versus 30s you're young you're exactly. 12 you're my mum always said to me make older friends and I was like Okay. Um, anyway, but I think there's like so many things that we are healing in our own mm. for ourselves. You know, we're seeing it in our kids and we're like recognizing, you know, okay, this was hard for my mom. Then I realized, why didn't she tell me these things? Why didn't she like, why did that generation not share? And, you know, like even the other day I was sitting down with my mom and my auntie and my auntie was sitting there going like, oh yeah, you know, it was really hard with like the kids. They were both IVF. And my mom went, I didn't know that you had your kid to IVF. And I was like, that's your fucking cousin. Like you guys are really close. How did you not know that? And my mum was like, we never, you never spoke about that stuff. She had a miscarriage and it's like, it's not something that you ever spoke about. Yeah. So like we're healing shit for them and we're healing shit for our grandmas and our great grandmas and stuff like that. So like our kids are constantly like triggering us because to me, I feel like triggers are a beautiful, amazing thing. That's like, the universe sitting there going like, hey, bitch, here's something new to learn. <laughs> like that triggers you. Okay, yeah. let's figure out why. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but like my kids trigger me all the fucking time, every mm-hmm. single second of the day. Maddie sits there and like rolls around on the floor because I gave her the pink bowl that she asked for 40 times. and It was the wrong pink bowl. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's so true. Well, yeah, my, my child is sitting on your lap because he decided to wake up mid podcast. And it's with me i mean he is. he is that's a trigger for you because you know he is obsessed he's a ladies man um i have another one but i think that that's one of those things that you have to be open to the triggers yes because i even know with peyton you know i was a single mom at the time there was a lot she was trying to teach me and i just i didn't have the emotional space to yep. deal with it and i think it's then upon reflection that you go oh well maybe this is why i did that or why she did that and vice versa it can be quite confronting is it something that you navigated on your own or did you get help for that um well i'd like to say it's also a privilege mm. to be able to be in a space to have the i guess capacity to recognize it mm. you know because like I am recognizing more and more that all of my learnings and all of my realizations and all like, like, you know, I sit there and go, he just manifests this and this and this. And that's Mm -hmm. like due to my privilege. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, I, I grew up with a single mom. So like I've, that's the life that I know, but you know, now even having a beautiful loving partner, like that makes such a difference to my journey compared to someone who is a single mom. You know what I mean? Like I have the space to sit there and go like, 
okay, my kids are just challenging me. Don't yell at them, Michaela. Just like sit with them and just really think about what it is that like the universe is trying to tell you. Because I'm like, Chris is coming home in an hour. I have time for this shit. Yeah. Whereas like if I was a single mom and like Chris wasn't coming home, I would be like, fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> Leave me the fuck alone. And like I would never tell my kids to fuck off. But like mentally. 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 mentally you're telling them to yeah, I'm telling them. Every mother has. We sit there in our heads and go, oh my God, would you shut up? Shut like, the fuck I've up. literally heard you say mum 20 times. Oh my God. What do you want from me? Maddie is such calm with me because my mum always said to me, Michaela, just shush, shut up. Shut five minutes, five minutes. She used to sit there and go, I will give you $5 if you don't talk for five minutes. And at the time I was like, is this bitch crazy? Who would not want to listen to me talk? And now I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like calm as a bitch. Maddie doesn't breathe. She just fucking talks. But at the same time, I'm like, I get it. You've got lots to say. Yeah. And it is, I think it's that balance between I want to let you be who you are versus can you shut up for five minutes? Totally. Like, and it is, it's hard as a mum to navigate that. I guess it comes down to I, that reflection and it is really hard in the moment. And again, mm-hmm. there's privilege and vice versa. And I can say being a single parent versus having a partner is polar So different. So yeah. different in the way that you parent and the way your tolerance levels and your mm-hmm. patience and, and everything. How do you navigate between what's kids just being kids and actually shit, there's something I need to address here. Um, really good question. And I mean, like I'm obviously a parenting professional because I've got of a three-year-old and a one-year-old. So that makes me an <laughs> And expert. many degrees in the field. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad you're asking me. Um, but I mean, for me, it just comes down to a mix of intuition, but also just a combination of that and just humanness. Yeah. Because the thing is, you're not going to get it right all the time, yeah. ever. Sometimes you're going to be able to sit there and you'll have the mental space to get down on their level and go, darling, what's making up? Or like, you don't even have to ask them anything. Just hold them, be there, like, be like, I understand that you're frustrated, blah, blah, blah. And you can be there to hold that space. But other times you're like, like mentally, fuck off, (laughs) fuck off. It's not that hard. I know you're only fucking three years old, but can you just stop fucking crying about everything? everything for five seconds like it's oh my god like it's a, a like a mildly different shaded pink bowl get like build a fucking bridge yeah like that's what you're thinking in Same your mind thing. and it's just that beautiful balance of like for me I'm just constantly not even forgiving myself because I think you don't I mean you can forgive yourself but I, I feel like it's not even necessary it's just like observing yourself and mm-hmm. going like oh, interesting reaction you obviously haven't had much space to yourself lately. You obviously were trying to, like you were trying to do this, you were trying to do that. It's not fair on your kids. You just need to apologize and make them aware of it. You know, like I, I think that we we have this idea that our, we know so much more than them and, we, and we're like so much better at being human than them and like than they are, but they have so much to teach us and just like reminding them of our humanness and our realness is so important. Like, yes, I get angry sometimes and yes, I feel this sometimes. Like, I don't know about you, but like my kids fucking just fall on the floor. They're so angry sometimes and they literally like try and make out with the fucking concrete. They're like literally let the world swallow me. And instead of sitting there and going like, that's wrong, you shouldn't be angry. I'm like, I get angry sometimes. That's Mm. totally fair enough. You should be angry. Anger is like a completely 
regular normal emotion like let's stop shaming it and I don't know what the question was but there's my answer (laughs) (laughs) I think you did answer it in a roundabout way I think too though we do we do forget how much they have to teach us yeah because they you know I read this thing the other day where it was like kids you know stop eating when they're full and they Mm, if they don't mm -hmm. like someone they back away from them if they don't have a good feeling about the situation they don't jump into it they're very intuitive but they're not covered in all the societal pressures that we are so we probably need to take a step back and observe them a little bit more and I think talking about the emotions is a huge thing definitely as a mum, how do you navigate trying to figure out who you are whilst you've got these children or child or whatever your situation is crawling all over you making their needs a priority when you're just trying to make space for you I mean, it's been an absolute journey, definitely, Mm. because I'm one of those people, I mean, my whole life, all I ever wanted to do was be a mum, because I guess I just never really recognized what my purpose truly was. And I mean, maybe intuitively, I knew that to recognize that purpose, I had to be a mum. Fuck, I can't even remember what I was saying now. (laughs) Me, the queen of tangents that make no sense at all. And um, that's why I'm interviewing you because I love your tangents. <laughs> what was literally the question? How do you make space for figuring oh, out okay, who yeah. you are? Okay, so yeah, so I thought that all I wanted to do was be a mum. And then as soon as I was a mum, I realised, and this same bitch that told me that my uterus was black, she also said to me, you're going to be a businesswoman. And I was like, what? I was like a barista. I'm like, no, I'm not. Baristas hold a very high place in society. And And they keep us caffeinated. Absolutely. You know, you were were integral. I really, really was. Yes. But I guess I just, like, I I didn't know my potential yet. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, once I became a mum and I recognized I've always like been very creative and I've always like really loved having outlets and stuff like that. And sort of Instagram and writing became that for me. I realized that as much as I love being a mum, it's not, it wasn't everything for me. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's most of us. Mm-hmm. Like it's like dads, you know, like if we were to flip it, you know, they don't sit there going like, I'm just here to be a dad. <laughs> Like how many, how many men? Yeah, they're not, they're like, I am, all I want to be in life is a stay-at-home dad and a trophy dad. But like we grow up thinking like, I want to like fuck some sort of Hugh Hefner kind of situation. Just like sit there with my balling money, get his sperm injected into me. Don't you let that dick near me. And like, and then hopefully, God forbid, like, let's just pray to fucking God he dies and two years and then I get all of his money and I just get to be a rich bitch and like get to just go on coffee dates with my matching mini me every single day aspiration literally that was me growing up I'm like that's what I want to be when I grow up (laughs) (laughs) that's that's what we've created we've created mothers as these beautiful people who Mm -hmm. get you know get pedicures and they go to pilates and they go to school pick up and drop off in their Range Rovers and the Chanel shoes and and like you know all the power to them because obviously we want to be there (laughs) damn it for falling in love with like a 32 year old attractive man who doesn't live in a mansion yeah I know actually someone said to me once because like I grew up with a single mum, and so my whole life I was like I don't ever want to have a husband I want to be a single mum, and I was planning on just being one of those people that just fucking got 
I don't know, like sperm from somewhere, from somebody and just did it on my own. That was always, I was like, men suck, whatever. But um, just circling back to the boundaries, to the, to the question about how I, I balance the two. I've learned to create boundaries around all of the parts of my life. So me as a mum, me as a creative, me as a businesswoman, me as a, as a partner, me as a friend, and me as a daughter or a sister or whatever it is, all of these parts of me need to have their own boundaries and they need to be able to respect the other. So say if my kid's sick, the businesswoman needs to recognize that the the priority is my child who's unwell and really needs me. Um, But then me as a mum also needs to respect the creative when the creative's really feeling like she's in flow and she needs to work and she's got shit to do and like she's got something to create. The mum in me needs to step back and go, that's really important. And because to me, like the thing that I like forever am driving home and why I do what I do is because I feel like looking after yourself and making yourself a priority is the most selfless thing that you can do. Mm. Because the more that you look after yourself, exactly before what we were saying, like when you have that capacity to really sit there and be there for your children and not be in that space of frustration or like life's so hard, I'm feeling so run down, no one's looking after me, no one cares about me, all of those things and feelings that we've had many, many times before, the more time that you do take for yourself, the less you're in that space. Mm. And so the better mum you can be and the better partner you can be and the better daughter or whatever, you know, dog mum, lizard mum, whatever the fuck you are, you can be that because Mm. you have the space for it. And each of those little parts of yourself need to have their own space i think we we find it hard to admit that we need that time because we see it as well that's my job that's my priority i have to Mm. be a mum. i don't Mm -hmm. want to show anybody that i'm struggling i want to be able to do it all and be it all because that's perception or the story that we've told ourselves Mm -hmm. how do you create those boundaries because it's hard it's definitely hard and i mean it's also like it's such a it's such a dance Mm. and i still don't get it right yeah, I saw a um, saw a quote the other day, and I can't remember who it was by someone. And it was someone asked them, "How do you balance being a mum and oh, I was an author, an author?" And they said, "How do you balance being a mum and being an author?" And she said, "You've got a lot of balls in the air, but some of those balls are made of glass." And that really like rang home for me mm. because like my kids, that's the ball that's made of glass. Like, Chris, that's a ball that's made of glass, you know? At the end of the day, like, everything that I'm, that I'm you know, doing and creating business-wise, as much as it is an outlet for myself and as much as it's something that, like, feeds my own, uh, I don't know, my own fucking energy and my own whatever it is, it is also something that I'm creating so that I can create a life for my family mm. and so that we can have that, like, balance so that we don't have to be just working our tits off every single day yeah my kids I'm like you know as soon as you turn 10 that's it like <laughs> you've got to stop we're all working hard for this family <laughs> so I'm just trying to prevent contributions that. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah so uh yeah so I think that that's it for me and like I get it wrong sometimes sometimes I work too much sometimes I neglect my work too much but I also am just learning to to be in flow because that's the thing with creativity and that's the thing with just life in general is that divine timing is a really beautiful and amazing thing and 
time is a concept. And I mean, like, let's not go into this because, like, I need 70 more wines. And I'll be like, time doesn't exist. Um, But it is that I'm learning to manipulate time and recognize that just because I think something has to be done straight away, mm. no one like no one's sitting there going like, when is Mickey putting something else out? Like no one gives a fuck at all. I think that's a, that's a prime <laughs> example though. We put all of these pressures on ourselves yes. to be something and do something. Oh and, my God. A particular construct that we've created in our heads based uh-huh. on, you know, contribution from society and, and everything it's hard. It's hard to break away and say, well, you know what? I'm allowed to be creative or I'm allowed to run a business or I'm Mm -hmm. allowed to be more than a mum." Yes. Because we feel guilty. And then working on ourselves, we feel guilty, even though it will better everybody in the long run, including ourselves. It is just such, it's, it's a journey. That's really honestly what it is. And it's just a journey of recognizing like, okay, I do as soon as like, I mean, the thing with expectations, right? Like they don't exist. Mm. They're not real. There's no such thing as expectations. It's something that we place on ourselves. You can sit there and say, this person has expectations on me, but you don't have to live up to those. That's something that's like, that's someone else's shit. That's not your shit. If you're putting expectations on yourself, that's on fucking you. Oh, my <laughs> drop. <laughs> And it's like, and it's a huge thing. And that's something, I mean, I didn't like walk out of the womb going, expectations don't exist. Like that's the really, that's something I've learned recently is going. And like this year, 2020 has really put that in perspective for me, you know, creating a business through COVID and all that kind of stuff and really recognizing, I guess what that looks like when I first um, was curating the idea, it looked really different to what it's looking like now. Mm. And that's because I had to sort of, trust and go on this journey of um I don't know being really authentic with it and letting it spill as my heart felt like it was ready to spill and just let it seep out and do what it needed to do to learn and to recognize what it needed to look like and that sounds like just a bunch of fucking words like that's what that sounded like everyone's like okay you just said like heart spill and shit like but (laughs) Archer liked it yeah he was like fuck yeah I love that say it again (laughs) but um yeah, I've just realized that, and I mean, the thing for me, and I think another thing that 2020 is teaching us is that even the structure of business is changing a lot. Mm. I think we've like our parents and everyone, we've grown up with this whole, like, you like you have to work hard to succeed mm. and like, and it's not about working hard, but it's working a lot and like nine to five every single day. I don't, it doesn't matter whether you like it. It doesn't matter whether you love it, but as long as you are working hard, then you're succeeding. But I think we're realizing that you can work smarter, not harder. Mm. And it doesn't have to be in some sort of timeline that you've created for yourself because it's not authentic. Mm. You know, like the more that you're real with it and I really want to change the structure of business and I want it to look like something that's realistic for mums and for people with a family and a lifestyle. And I, and I think that anyone that you attract to your business, they need to be able to see that you're running a business the way that you are trying to encourage people to live their life. I think that's a really good point. I think 2020 and personal situations shows you that when it comes to work or when it comes to life, you know, everyone's 
replaceable we're all replaceable Mm -hmm. and the scary thing is is that it can happen in an instant I think this year has taught us that and you need to be really conscious of those glass balls because if you're constantly juggling work or other people's expectations the glass balls like your partner and your children are going to drop and they're Mm -hmm. the ones that are going to be really affected and I think priorities and making that shift it's huge. It's a huge yes. thing. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, with your business, you're encouraging women to seek help for themselves, to speak to counsellors, to look at spirituality, healing, all that kind of stuff. If you are in a position where you're going, I think I need to uncover more and I think I need to talk more and I think I need to maybe reflect more, where the hell do you even start? Particularly if you've never seen any kind of psychologist or healer before. Where would you start? Well, that's sort of why I created the Red Tent for that. Like that was one of the the, pres- the precipices of, of it. <laughs> that was a big word. Yeah, I don't think it was a real word. <laughs> Minor detail. Yeah. Whatever. Great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it is really hard. And sometimes, uh, I mean, there's a lot of resources out there. You know, if you're feeling shit, you know, you know that you can call Lifeline or Beyond Blue or whatever. But I feel like some of those... Uh, resources it almost feels like you're stepping back into the 80s when you call them like you feel like if you call fucking lifeline you'll end up with some 80 year old on the other side of the phone being like i've been here for 90 years hang on love like i don't know and that's like completely fucked up but that's exactly how i think of it because i feel like they're branding and they're like everything and hasn't kept up with with now and like what and what's going on now and i feel like a lot of mental health resources have always sort of like uh, have kind of been more of a like we need to do this as opposed to this should just be part of life Mm. um and so yeah the reason that I created the red tent is because like you're sitting there you're like I feel shit I want to change my life like I don't feel like I'm at the potential that I really could be and I but I really need that help to get out of this hole that I'm in and we all do that's the beautiful thing like I I use the analogy of like if you're if you have a fucking gash on your leg I mean you can sit there and you can YouTube how to like put your own fucking stitches in but you're probably going to end up with a fucking infection and end up with like sepsis or some shit and die so you go to a doctor because they're a professional so they can do it you know it's the same with mental health it's the same with personal development it's the same with trying to figure out who the fuck you are or whatever it is like you can do it you can read books you can youtube shit to figure out how to you know heal the gash in your mind or whatever but there are professionals who have like worked years and like you know spent lots of training figuring out how your fucking brain works so they can help you so that you don't have to sit there and end up with fucking sepsis on your brain because you've like tried to figure it out by a youtube video (laughs) it's such a good analogy and I think too though we often will cover it up you know with a band-aid not sepsis but yeah yeah yeah. we'll put a band-aid over it because we'll go it's not that important it's fine and then it creeps out in different Mm -hmm. ways you know parenting being one of them I think motherhood is so confronting because you realize things as you're parenting that maybe, you know, you didn't get as a child or mm-hmm. wounds that you haven't healed or the way that you are, even in your partnership, in your marriage or, you know, your your 
father of your child, whatever the case is, Mm -hmm. we find all these things and we go, shit, that's actually quite confronting. And it's scary. And it's scary, draining. So I guess, what can you expect from something like this? Because I think we all hear these wonderful stories of I started seeing a psychologist or I started seeing someone Mm. and I uncovered what these issues were and I magically healed, but it takes a lot of work. Oh my God, so much. It is... It's something, it's not so much about someone healing you, but it's you deciding that you were going to hold the space to heal yourself Mm. because we we can't heal anyone. It doesn't matter how many degrees you have. It doesn't matter whether God has handpicked you and put you down on this earth to be a fucking, like it doesn't matter whether you're the Dalai Lama or whoever the fuck you are, you can't heal someone else. You can't fix someone's problem. And that's something I think that we all struggle with because we all, always try to fix everyone else around us because Mm. it makes us feel safe but it all comes down to you feeling ready to just make any sort of change and it's just little things little by little doing something or like recognizing something or peeling some sort of peeling like a layer of the onion that makes you trust yourself more and makes you realize that you're capable of healing like start small and that's and like you know the other thing with therapy is it's you have to find someone who it's for you. Yes, 100%. It's like, it's like yeah. a doctor. You know, yeah. you don't want some like, you don't want some strange person giving you a fucking pap smear. You want someone that you can connect with. Like if I'm opening my legs up for someone to put a fucking duck bill up my hoo-ha off my fucking meatloaf, I don't want it to be someone who I'm like sitting there thinking like, are they getting off on this? Like I want it to be someone who is like, who I'm vibing with, like, let's have a vibe, like, while you're down there, let's chat about, like, the latest episode of fucking, like, I don't know, whatever it is, but, and it's the same with therapy, you know, you need someone who is for you, and really, like, you vibe with, and, I mean, it's hard, because there's a lot of money involved, and again, that's another reason why I created the Red Tent, because it is all online, we can make the cost really minimal, so it's not so scary, you don't have to, like, spend $200 on a session with someone who you don't know whether you're going to vibe with. You're already terrified. You're already not wanting to do it. You have to drive there. Then you have to drive home. You have to organize a babysitter. There's all these things like let's make it as easy as possible. Let's make, let's make help accessible. Let's make it, let's change the game of mental health and getting help. And like, whether it's spiritual, whether it's I don't know, on this fucking planet or whatever it is, like whatever planet you're living on, whatever it looks like for you, you need to find something that works for you and just recognize that it is just going to be one small thing at a time. But the small things are the things that give you the confidence and the reassurance that you can tackle the big things. Mm. I love that. I love it so much. (laughs) And I think it is, it's such a delicate topic because we're in a society that says that, you don't need help yeah. and you should just be able to do it. And mm-hmm. from our parents' generation, it's, well, you just deal with it. Yes. But then you take a look at our parents and you think, well, did they deal with it? And are they dealing with it? Because, Absolutely. you know, there's a lot of couples who are married who hate each other. Oh my God, And so there's a lot of children who resent their parents. Mm-hmm. And I think it's up to us to go, all right, well, do I need to make a change? Maybe, maybe not. But mm. we're opening that space to do it. If you had any advice for anybody who was going, okay, I think I'm at that point where I maybe need to take that next step, what would you suggest? Um, it's a really good question. What would I suggest? I would suggest, I would suggest talking to people. If you have people in your life that uh, you respect and you love, um, 
I would just start with conversation because I mean, I'm one of those people that like when I talk to people, I'm not here to just ask about the weather. I'm like, when I'm like, how are you? I mean, like, what have you been working on? Like, what's been going on in your mind? Like, what anxieties have come off, like, come up? And why do you think they're triggering that? And I think, like, a lot of us really need to be having more conversation with mm-hmm. that. Like, I think that's something that will change a lot of us. Like, when someone's like, I, um, so what have I been up to? Okay, so I got, we got a new driveway put in. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Actually, it's funny that you say that because when I threw it out on my Instagram about what people want to hear about, one of the things was as a mum, because there's such a huge shift, right? When you have kids, particularly if your friends don't have kids, how do you know that you're surrounding yourself with the right people? Yeah. Because shit, like you might level up and in your own way. And everyone around you might still be happy with talking about driveways, etc. What do you do then? Because shit, you're then the woo-woo girl. I love this question because this is something that I I have like worked on a lot over the years and just recognizing that there's like a time and a space and a place for everyone in your Mm. life. Like people don't come into your life for no reason. They're there to teach you things. As I said, like everyone is a reflection and everyone is a mirror. Um, But I really, I mean, maybe this is just because like I'm a nasty Aquarius so I can detach from people like it's like not even a thing. But I do really, truly believe that like your energy is so valuable and you're only doing yourself. If you're sitting there at night thinking about a friend that just is really feeling toxic to you or like you're stressed about how they're going to react to something. And this goes for relationships and all sorts of things. If they're taking up space in your brain and space in your soul and your energy and your whatever else that isn't constructive to you, like let that shit go. Because the longer that you leave it in there, the like, like the more of a disservice you are doing to yourself. Like, like, come on, your brain it has so much more potential than that. Like, you can be using all of that time stressing out about that person on stressing out about I don't know, like a business or something else that you could be doing, mm-hmm. and it's like, and it's got nothing to do with them personally like wherever everyone is or wherever they are that is so beautiful and so perfect to them and sometimes I know for some people they struggle to let go of friends or relationships whatever because they're worried about how it will affect them think about all of the times and the things in your life like those times where a friend did break up with you or someone did you know something happened where you had to sit there and literally look at yourself in the mirror and go was it me or like why did that happen We can't enable people. You are not helping the world by enabling shit. Like if something doesn't feel good, take it as a sign from the universe that you need to fuck it off because better things are coming and it's part of their journey and it's part of yours. We're not here to just cradle everyone in their journey and make sure that like, and it goes with kids as well. You know, we're not here to just like make sure nothing happens to them. My little precious child. I hope nothing. I hope no one ever hurts you. You know, like if you're sitting there going like, I just never want my kid to be bullied. Like, no, no. Make sure that your kid's not a bully. Yeah. And if they are bullied, yeah. like, amazing. Let's figure out how we can deal with that. Like, let's, let, let's really dissect that. Why is that person hurting you? What's going on in their life? You know, like, let's have compassion for one another. Let's really, like, try and, I guess, dissect what the other person's thinking and what they're going through and just, like, realize that sometimes you've got to be the bad person in someone's story. Oh, 
just all these bangers coming out right now. It's true. It's true. And for me, I'm a I'm a typical people pleaser. Yeah. So I hold on to relationships or friendships yeah. for far too long yeah. because I don't want to be the bad guy when it usually affects yourself. Yeah. And I think as a mum, when you broach into that territory, you have to go, well, it's not about them. It's about me. Yes. It's about my children and about my well-being. And I think that's a huge thing that we have to take as a lesson that, you know, you're allowed to be selfish. Oh my God, We, so we get such a small period yes. of time to ourselves. You have to use that time wisely. Your time is so precious when you become a mum. And I think that's why a lot of women really thrive once they become mothers yeah. because all of a sudden they recognize how precious their time is. And they're like... If I'm starting a business or I'm or I'm giving my energy to people like this, I've only got this much of it. So if you do not make the cut and like that sounds bitchy as fuck, but whatever. <laughs> if you don't make the cut, then you don't make the cut. Well, yeah, it's true. But then it, on the same sort of thought process, if you're not making the cut, why? Are yeah. you not investing in that friendship? Are you yeah. not, you know, on the same level as that person anymore? Because again, when you become a mum priority shift and someone going out and getting shit-faced every Friday night might not be their jam anymore oh my god so much they can't (laughs) we had friends we were the first ones to have kids like in in like my partner's friend group and he and I remember we would like turn up to like barbecues and everyone's like racking coke coke and I've got like my one-year-old and I'm like oh my god okay um this has been fun but we're gonna have to leave because so sorry, I think we've parked in the wrong spot. <laughs> yeah. This is not our venue. I'm just not sure that this is really quite the vibe that we were going for. We thought this was like more of a family friendly. So I bought sausages. <laughs> That's fine. Some people bought Coke. I bought sausages. Whatever. I bought a bottle of wine. Like I was like planning on like, you know, having a few drinks. Like anything crazy about Get out of here. Having two wine cars. I know. I'm like, I'm still driving home. But yes. <laughs> And that's fine because, yeah, you know, everyone's everyone's where they're at. And, like, yeah. you know, maybe other people don't – they're people pleasers too and they're probably feeling the same vibe that you are, but they just don't know how to approach it. Yeah. And, like, I am a recovered – recovering people pleaser. If we're at PPA, like, like People Pleasers Anonymous, like, <laughs> hi, my name's Michaela Bennett. I've been a people pleaser – for 28 years, 29 years, however old I am. Hi, Michaela. Yeah, hi, Michaela. And my whole life, all I've wanted to do is just make sure that other people feel good and, like, I'm pleasing everyone else. And, like, I mean, who even cares about me? But I think part of getting older is realising as well, like, you don't want people pleasers in your life because they're not honest. Yeah. And so you don't want to be that person either. Like, I want friends that will be like, okay, you're being a cunt right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if my friends can't tell me when I'm being a cunt, they're not my real friend. <laughs> 100%. Or you want people around you who are going to be there in the times where you yeah. need them. You might be being a cunt, but it's yeah. because of a good reason, because you're hurting or, or whatever oh, the case is. You absolutely. Know, you want to step up and go, you're, you're an asshole, but I'm here for you when you're ready. Yes. That's a real difference. Well, I mean, I guess that's like all the people in your life that love you unconditionally, like your children, like your partner and like, or whoever, you know, I guess children are really the like ultimate at unconditional love, loving Mm -hmm. someone without conditions, being able to meet someone and go, I love you just because you exist for no other reason. But like part of loving someone is, you know, like children wise, like look at them. They don't, they're like Maddie the other day. She's like, mommy, you've got a big tummy. And I'm like, (laughs) 
That's such a bitchy thing to say. And if like okay. someone said that to me, I would be like, fuck you. But because my three-year-old said it to me, I was like, that's like constructive criticism. That's just an observation. Like yeah. whatever. She's not trying to hurt me. And like I grew up with three sisters and I know for me, I'm like, I always want people in my life that will be like my sisters, the people that you can sit there and go like, like when you're telling them something, when you're sitting there going like, you're being a fuckhead right now. Yeah. I'm not telling you because I want you to jump off a cliff because I hate you. I'm telling you because I love you. Yeah. You know, you're not going to tell these people that, you know, you just want people that will be honest with you because they love you, because they love you unconditionally. Because they're on your team. Because they're on your team. And they just want to see you be the best version of yourself. They're like, like you want someone to be able to tell you that you're a fuckwit knowing that you might actually go, you know what, fuck you. And like literally ignore them for a month and then come back and go, okay, you know what? Or whinge about it. Yeah, exactly. You're like, you were right. You know, they're like, they would rather, they put you before themselves. They're like, I literally put you and your personal development before our friendship. Yeah. And it's huge. And I think it starts with you. Yes. And I could rattle on with you for so long. We probably will after this. Yeah. More champagne. I'm like, oh God, how long is this And going? I did actually want to talk to you more about your spirituality, but, you know, we've sort of gone off on tangents, oh, yeah. which is amazing. And I love that. <laughs> um, but I will obviously put all of your resources into the show notes awesome. um, and touch base so people can follow along in your journey. But I think it is, it starts with you and it yes. starts with realizing that, you need to reflect on yourself and make time for yourself and hold that space, which is yeah. amazing. So thank you so much for joining me. So welcome. Thanks for having me. And for creating so such an amazing space. I'm so excited for all of the things that are to come. Oh, and if you, you haven't same. already checked it out, I, again, will put all the details in the show notes. <gasps> awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh, well, I told you it was a banger. Look, there are so many things that I took away from that conversation with Mickey and I'm not going to bore you with all of them because hopefully you took away those snippets as well. But a few of the key points that I really resonated with was the first being children are mirrors. There is nothing like a relationship with your child to make you reflect on your own relationships and also with the person that you are now. So don't be afraid to explore that. Sometimes motherhood itself can help you to recognize what path you want to be on. So don't be afraid to explore that further as well. The last but not least is the ball analogy. No, I'm not being inappropriate. I'm talking about the reference where she spoke of having lots of balls in the air. I think we can all resonate with that one, but it's important to remember that some of those balls are made of glass. So ensure that you are prioritizing the right things. If you would like to follow more of Mickey's journey, you can find her over on Instagram at the Mickey Fisher, and I'll put all of her details in the show notes as well. While you're there, make sure that you follow along at, at Mummy Republic Podcast. And if you happen to take some time for yourself and reconnect with that person that you were pre-children, don't forget to use the hashtag the Me Before Mummy and tag myself at Mummy Republic Podcast so that I can share it with other listeners and who knows who you might inspire. But in the meantime, remember to take a breath, take some time for yourself and know that you're doing a damn good job. Thank you again so much for joining me. I cannot wait to share more stories with you. So if you haven't done so already, make sure that you click on that subscribe button so that you don't miss a thing. Thanks again. Lots of love and I'll see you next week.